Welcome to the Thatpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today I have a guest with us from uh, Akron, Ohio. Terry Begg is here to talk to us about ways that you can keep your customers. Because we talk so much in this podcast about lead generation and advertising and marketing and all those things are very important for businesses that want to scale. However, there's something beyond the marketing that many businesses can be doing to keep those customers that um, is sometimes, you know, it just falls flat. So Terry, I want to welcome you to the Dadpreneur podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. This is great to be here and excited to talk. Fantastic. So, you know, talk to, to us a little bit about your story and, and how you started in business and sort of the evolution of Terry, the entrepreneur, business owner, you have this painting company in the construction industry, and then you over time acquire these marketing uh, and, and customer service skills that made your business very successful. Sure, I'd be happy to. I'll, I'll try and give you the Reader's Digest version. Uh, I've never had a real job in all my life. I, I left high, when I was done with high school, I started a painting business right away. I knew it, wor- working for somebody just wasn't for me. I was that diehard entrepreneur type, you know, and, and just you can't work for I couldn't figure it out why I didn't last at any jobs. I was never fired. I just never stuck <laughs> around very long. And um, I finally figured out I'm an entrepreneur. I just I just couldn't work for people. And so I, I went right into it. I probably should have apprenticed, but I didn't do that either. I just decided I'm going to figure this out. And I paid a price. I'll tell you, it took me seven or eight years to figure things out. I really struggled in those first few years. Got married very young. I was 21. My wife was 19. Um, we didn't have to, we wanted to, but I felt bad because it really, it really was hard on both of us, you know, living just job to job, very, very hard. And everything changed for me one day, about eight years into our marriage. And it all came down to, I can tell you the exact moment. It, it came down to just three little words that my wife said to me, and they weren't, I love you or get to work. <laughs> <laughs> they were Terry, I'm pregnant. And that was, and I can't explain it, but it was like a, a switch had flipped in my brain. All of a sudden, this crappy lifestyle that I was living, that I was putting up with, was just no longer going to be good enough now that I had a family coming. And I started focusing on what it took. I studied what other business owners were doing, to, not just painters, but in other industries. And they seemed to have better jobs. They had, they had more work. They kept that pipeline full. So I started working and I worked hard at this, figuring out what I had to do. I I took a few jobs in sales just so I could understand it a little bit better. And by the time my son was born, just eight months later, I doubled my income. And 13 months later, our daughter was born. I doubled it again. And it wasn't the big takeaway for me was that I didn't necessarily get better at what I did technically or uh, what do I want to say, uh, offer up. a better product. I mean, we still did the best we could, but what I realized is that it was my customers that were the pathway to my success and not so much at first. I thought they were an obstacle. Either they hired me and I got the job or they didn't hire me and they won. And um, so I looked at it as almost like a competition, which was crazy at the time when all I had to do is figure out what my customers wanted and what they wanted was just somebody to treat them with respect, listen to what they have to say, uh, follow through, keep your promises, return phone calls. And it was these little things. And 
thing, like I said, things went crazy for me. And over the next 30 years or so, I kind of broke all that down into what I call four abilities. And I, I've had so much success with it. I turned it into a book and the four abilities are what I call likability, believability, trustability, and wow ability. And that's what I built my whole book on and it's interpersonal skills, but I'll tell you, they, they've made my business so successful. I haven't advertised now in, I'm going to say 13 or 14 years. Mm -hmm. And still my business grows every year. I get more work. I turn away almost as many customers as I get asked that, that asked me to paint their home. Sure. Yeah, no, I love it. That's a great story. You know, I think that uh, most of us who have kids can absolutely uh, relate to that feeling of like, you know, when you're, you got little ones, you got to take it to the next level. And you certainly did that, right? It was um, scary. Yeah, I bet. Now with the book, Attract and Keep Customers for Life, I love the title because mm -hmm. you definitely have to figure out a way to attract them. And I think that there is, it, it, it's kind of like compound interest though. Over time, just like you've been in the business for decades, over time, you don't need to spend as much or at all in advertising as someone who starts out day one like you did, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Now, oh, because also the location that you're in, probably everyone knows about you and your business, right? You did, If a guy, if there was another Terry who was starting a, a painting company tomorrow, he would have to use a very different... Uh, a strategy because you're starting out with zero customers in your case, you have customers, right? Mm -hmm. So you, yeah. you figured out a way to keep them. And I want to stay with that theme because to me, it is very important. I meet business owners every day, especially in the construction industry, and they may be good technically, and they may have a good product that they're installing, but they just don't know how to do the sales piece as well as the customer service. So I want to take a step back because you're going to talk to us about how to keep them. But talk to me about sales. What? Because you said you took that job in sales. Mm -hmm. And I find, Terry, that often when I speak to business owners, they're usually not the best person to be doing sales in their company. Did you find that to be true for you or, or no? At first it was because I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I was going out there. I was trying to hide the fact that I had an old beat up truck and, and uh, you know, I was just starting out. Things were really, really hard for me. They could see I was inexperienced and I would try to, I would try to hide it. But what I realized later was that it was that transparency that made me more likable to my customers. You know, instead of saying, you know, trying to hide the fact that I had this old beat up truck with four Maypop tires. Those are, those are tires that may pop at any time. <laughs> my, my ladder racks were little pipes and, and, um, I, I began just turning, you know, spinning it a little bit and telling, you know, because sure I am new and I, and I am a little bit inexperienced, but because I drive an old truck like this, my overhead is very low <laughs> and, I, and I can give you a better price for the work. And, and people started trusting me. And sometimes I would just said, ask them if they would take a chance on hiring me, you know, I, to say, trust me, it almost they won't, don't want to trust you when you say it, when somebody says that. So I, sure. I, I, instead of saying, trust me, I would say to them, if you would just take a chance on me. I, I promise I'll then I'd go forth and say what I was going to do. And I tell you, I, I, if it meant moving heaven and earth, I would do what I promised every time, both verbally, ver verbally and in writing. I would do exactly what I said. And then a little bit more, too. I, I love that. that. I, 
I love that you said that, Terry, because so often we forget how powerful our words are. And it's, I think, the the integrity factor that we all as human beings can appreciate. And you're willing to pay more. You're willing to excuse even the quality of the work sometimes if someone, as you mentioned earlier when we were talking, how when people call you, you follow up, you pick up. They can't, you're, you're very dependable. And I think that comes down to the integrity because so often in business, especially construction, I know I've been, you know, I've worked with these guys in the industry for two decades. They don't always do what they say they're going to do. And, and, it, and it leaves customers feeling like, oh man, here comes another contractor. Yeah. So that's clearly not your problem, but talk to me about the, you, you mentioned to me earlier that you use three secret tools to that, that made you go from unnoticed to unforgettable. Uh, three C. Well, I have it broken down. My, that's my course is called unnoticed to unforgettable. It just released this week too. And in it, I do talk about three things, which is uh, before the sale, during the sale and after the sale. I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to. That but, is. But okay. Um, things I would do before the sale was really just show dependability. Like you said, it, I can't tell you how many people tell me I'm the only painter to call them back. When, when they call for an estimate. And it drives me crazy because these other guys are paying for marketing mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm not, but it's still, I still call them back just because how can you not at least call them and at least tell them, you know, Hey, I'm just too busy. I'm sorry. I, and I try to refer them to someone else, but it, it's all those little things. There's, there's a ton of little things in my book, but when you bring them all together, they're very powerful. Um, showing respect to the customer. Don't get out there and just talk about yourself. You know, I talk about the steps, you know, first thing you do is just listen. They, they want to be heard. They want to know you, you understand what their problem is before you talk about yourself. A lot of guys, you know, they do that too soon or they want their work to speak for itself and they think they don't have to talk to them. I know, as you kind of alluded to, the busier they get, the farther the customer goes on the back burner, sort of. Oh, they can wait. I'll call them. I'll push them back. Um, some of the pieces that I do hand my customers, what I call a power six pack. And it's like uh, one document that's a, a certificate of liability insurance. And on the backside of it is workers comp before they even ask. And a lot of them say, oh yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought it up. Another one is product information. I use the best paint that I can, you know, that I can buy. It's a Sherwin-Williams product, top of the line. Another thing is um, test um, testimonials from past customers, just like them. Uh, on my website, I say I don't advertise, but I do have a website, which is more customer awareness, I like to say, or like a video brochure. But on it, I have tons of testimonials. And that really speaks volumes when they see what other what, what other people say means so much more than anything that you could say to them about yourself, right? And um, those are some of the key pieces that maybe you're talking about as far as in the beginning, you know, showing that you're dependable, that you're responsible, and that you have respect for the customer, because they'll always turn around and give you respect right back. I agree with you. And I think, and I think it's, it's, you know, when we're thinking about this funnel, um, and, and customers are coming through that journey, and they, they call you, you go, you do your estimate, proposal, and you're going through these motions, I find it that in most businesses, everyone is excited, the buyer, the seller, everyone is excited all the way through the transaction. And I think the key that you mentioned there in that process, this course that you're selling is that third piece of it, which is the post sale, because it's everybody's excited. 
in the marketing, the advertising, and everybody's excited through the sale. I got the money. I give you your product. And at that point, most companies, not just in construction, but in any industry, beyond that, they're like, goodbye. And, and that's it. And I think that, that the key to staying unforgettable is what do you do beyond a transaction? And it sounds like you have a system for that as well, Terry. I do. They, and you're exactly right. They do drop the ball at that place, at, at that spot, because a lot of people, you know, the owner isn't necessarily with the customer and, and uh, the techs, they don't care that much. You know, like the, once the job is done and finished, they move on. And there are things I do, like I, I have a, a, a form that I give my customers asking them to, um, it's a testimonial form, but really on it is just um, designed to ask two questions that are almost that ask, a, elicit a positive response. Like what is name one thing that you were really happy with about us? And could you um, describe a situation where that where um, you got more than you had hoped to, to get. And they always list things out. At, at first, I thought I was going to get answers back like, oh, you guys do a nice job painting or you have nice straight lines. But rarely is it that. Usually it's that they love that I would call them right back, that I would follow up, that I would listen. If they had a change they needed made, it got made, that we cleaned up after the job, that the yard looks nicer than it looked before we got there. It's, it's those little things that aren't necessarily part of the job is what I found they remember. And when I started seeing that was coming back on all my testimonial forms, I started applying that more to my business. And I would even bring that back to the before the sale phase. And I would let them know things like one of the other things in the power six pack I left out, which is some people thinks a little bit crazy is I, I give them a paper guaranteeing that I won't turn in a bill until they tell me they're happy with the work. Mm-hmm. That, and that's an example of extending trust to get trust. Sure. And, and what I found is people want to pay me sooner. As soon as they see everything's going exactly how I said it was going to do, they go, oh, you're ready for your check. And I said, well, no, I want you to have some time to look it over first. And, um, and it's just so funny how it works out. But by giving that trust right off, they trust me back even more. And, and I found that to be of the four abilities. Trust is the one, you know, like and believe or just building up to trust. But the after the sale phase, the wow ability, which is um, the risk reversal, which is what I, what I mean when I say you take no risk by hiring us because I'm going to make sure you're happy and I won't expect you to pay me until you are. It, it, it really is powerful. I've only ever had one guy burn me on that and over 5,000 homes that I've painted. So I feel like... Uh, you know, if that's all that's, you know, I can handle it at that, even though that happened that one time, I'm still always going to do business that way. Because what I found is most people, they're not, they're looking, not looking to beat you out of a buck. They just want you to do what you say you're going to do. That's and right. When they see you do that, they're, they're ready to write the check every time for me. Yeah. And I think that's the, 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 the fallacy with the both marketing and sales uh, processes that exist, even visually, we see funnels, funnels, all these funnels. And sometimes if they're not a funnel, it's just a, basically a graphic that goes from here to here and that's it. And then it'll say, okay, beyond the funnel, at the bottom of the funnel, then you nurture them for raving fans. But really, even the fact that it a funnel narrows down the customer experience into a dollar sign, it, mm-hmm. to me, it gets away from the fact that the relationship is, is, is not linear in that way, right? It goes different places. And when you make it that way, it's impossible for you to continue to nurture them. And I think what you're doing, and I really want to hit on this point for our listeners here who are trying to find ways 
to keep their customers and increase lifetime value. What I heard you say was that post sale, I've done the transaction, we're all happy, yay, yay, yay. How you get that wow ability is through qualitative qualitative measures, not just quantitative, because we all get these quantitative surveys from, from everywhere we do business with. As a matter of fact, whether it's Yelp or Facebook or Google, uh, you know, all these platforms is based on oh, either a zero to five star or zero to 10, right? And we're all used to seeing that and it's yellow or green and it's pretty much in a box. Um, but the truth is the best reviews or testimonials are the ones that you were mentioning, which are, it's a qualitative thing. So you have to dig deep into the attributes that you can't measure simply with a number to say, hey, team, we did a thousand jobs this month and our rating was an eight or a nine. So mm -hmm. keep doing that. Keep doing what? Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. And, and to me, it, it, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's asking those questions and then going back and, 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 and working with your team to say, here are the things that you can't really measure with a number. And here mm -hmm. are the things that customers appreciate. So let's do more of that. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing I've seen for my crew is really engagement. You know, just I, I try to introduce them to the owner so they'll act like they belong there more. You know, we'll, we'll interact with the customer as long as, you know, it's, there'll be times I have to leave to go do whatever and something will just get held up. I'll say, well, what's going on? He said, well, nobody's talked to the owner yet. We don't know. I said, well, why not? <laughs> so that was a big deal for me, trying to get my guys to um, be involved with the job more, to do engage with the customer mm -hmm. and and, and that just happens, I guess, just from watching and seeing, and then they learn from seeing how I do it. I said, well, watch, this is how I want you to do it. And sometimes I, I know that's a slow process, a slow way to go, but we're not a huge company either. And that worked for us, um, but it still can be passed along to sales managers and sales reps. I, I don't, there's really no reason why you couldn't change the culture a little bit to be more of a, a customer centric um, company, you know, you're more focused on it, just thinking about what is it, you know, having, having a desire to actually impress and, and make the customer happy rather than just putting in your time and going home and starting over again the next day. So we, we really try to stay focused on that, on the customers uh, once more than anything. Absolutely. I'd say. You know, we, we hear on the podcast often talk about um, mistakes you know, we all make mistakes daily. Mm -hmm. um, it's just inevitable. And no matter how long you've been in business, we still make mistakes. Some aren't, you know, so crucial to the business and others are. Um, but if you reflect back in your career, in your journey as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, it, it, give me two, two examples maybe that you can think of, Terry. Um, one that is broad, so just any type of business blunder or mistake that you've made, and then one that that was maybe a mistake that really affected the customer. Well, I've never been asked those questions before. That caused me to think for a little bit. Oh, God. yeah, no, we, we, and, and, we, yeah, and think about it. Yeah, think mm -hmm. about it because uh, you know if you've done five thousand plus homes, I mean that's a lot of different customers it over is. the course of your lifetime. 
at one time, I don't know if this answers your question though. I, I sent a guy out to do the pressure cleaning ahead of time. And there was two houses there that were identical and he washed the wrong house, took the paint off the siding. And, uh, and we just, and he came home, the owners never came out. I guess nobody was there. And I had to just go out and offer to paint their house because, and they go, well, what's it going to cost us? I said, no, it's my mistake. We'll, we're going to paint it for you just to you know, if you want a different color, we'll do that. It's the same amount of work, but um, I got a lot back out of that. That hurt that day to go out and repaint that house, but, but we're pretty fast at the things we do. Um, as far as a mistake that I was never able to fix. Oh gosh. I, I had a guy um, quit on me once it got in, and I shouldn't have let this happen. Got into a shouting match in the front yard with him, and he was just ranting and cussing and, you know, F-bombs and everything you could imagine. I said, you got to stop this. Everybody was looking and I went around and all I could do is just apologize to everybody. Sometimes that is all you could do. And, and I try not to dwell on it too much. Um, never get a guy was never, you know, part of this crew, of course, or I don't think I've ever even seen him again since that happened, but that was something that it, it did take a little while to recover because people weren't, I tried to get him not to look at it as a big painting thing. It was just one worker on, that day on the job and, and I was having problems with him and I probably let it go too far in the first place. So those are two things that I could think of. And, and all I can say, as soon as you know, realize something's wrong, don't try to cover it up. It, it just seems like even if they find out you covered it up, they might not say anything to you if they're non-confrontational, but they're probably never going to call you again. And, and I think um, that they're what they'll tell double the people when they've been wronged as they'll tell if, if something, if you've done something right. So don't give people a reason to badmouth you on social media. It's so easy now to let the world know mm-hmm. if uh, someone hasn't been treated right. So I, I try to always be checking in with my customers to make sure we're good. And um I hope those answer your, those two examples answer your question a little bit. I just, that, that caught me a little by surprise. I'm sure there's other blunders I've, I've had happen. (laughs) (laughs) Just nothing's coming to mind right now. No. And that's a, and that's a good thing. Obviously when you've been in business, as long as you you've been in business, obviously you uh, adjust, you evolve and, and, and shift gears, but it's always, it's a lifelong thing. You're always working towards a bigger goal. It's a testament that when you're talking to someone who's had a business for five, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you, you don't do that by accident. You know, you don't do that by accident. So, you know, we're again, very happy that you were able to join us here today and talk about how you can attract and keep customers for life. I know you have the the unnoticed to unforgettable course on the website. And we're certainly going to share that with our audience. And look, you know, it's uh, we're, we're, we're rounding out here at the end of the year and 2022 is coming up. Is there anything you want to leave us with for 2022? Uh, any tips or uh, that you want to share with the audience? Oh my goodness. I guess the, the one is, is sort of um, something I've alluded to several times in the book is, is it took me a long, long, I've been doing this since my 43rd year owning my business. And, and I'm happy right. to say that. Thank you. And um, the one thing I think I've learned that was the biggest, one of the biggest game changers for me is people don't really care as much about how good you are, what you do technically. I know that might sound a little bit crazy, and, and, but it is important, but they care more about how good you are and who you are. And, and what I mean by that is build every, bring everything from a place of integrity, because when they trust you 
everything. Life is so much easier when you're trusted. And people hire me all the time without me even giving them a price. They don't call and ask for an estimate. They call and want to know if they could get on my schedule so I can come out and give them an estimate. I said, well, I haven't even given you a price yet. And they say, <laughs> oh, I, I've heard you. I know you'll be fair and things like that. So it, it's more about being a person who's values are a big part of my book. I talk about how to create that personal brand based on those core values. They're so important and integrity is where it all starts. So that yeah. would be the, the best, the biggest point I pointer. I think that I've, I've learned if I looked at my whole business as a whole is that it, it's almost more important to be a person of integrity than to focus on just doing the best. People aren't looking for the best job money can buy. They're not necessarily looking for the best job out there. They just want to know they can hire someone that they can trust who will be there for them. It'll answer the questions and be honest. I love it. I love it. That is really good advice. And again, thank you so much for joining us on the Dadpreneur podcast, Terry. Great. I had a great time, Alex. Thank you so much for having me.